Support for My Fellow Kansans and the following message comes from the Kansas Leadership Center, publisher of the KLC Journal's 2018 Election Issues Edition, available October 5th at klcjournal.com, Amazon, and Watermark Books. Kansas Leadership Center, inspiration for the common good. (laughs) It's the last day of July. Jim Barnett and his running mate, Rosie Hansen, who's also his wife, are packing up the red pickup truck he bought especially for the campaign for one last swing through central and western Kansas before the Republican primary for governor. Now maybe, you know where you're going? Jim I do. We're going to Concordia, Beloit. Uh, I do have to look at my, at my phone to tell you exactly. Oh, Russell. Hanson is a retired Foreign Service officer who never expected to be running for office. Oh, she says it's been a lot of fun, a kind of honeymoon. We've seen the most amazing landscape, met the most amazing people. <laughs> I, I've enjoyed every trip out. There's so much potential if we just elect the right governor. Barnett is a lifelong Republican. She isn't. But I am now, and I've embraced the party and, and well, or at least I've embraced what Jim stands for and what we stand for and what the state of Kansas needs. You know, we got the Eagle endorsement, Garden City Telegram, Pratt, Ottawa, Greensburg. Dodge City. We've gotten a bunch of newspaper endorsements. What's that telling you? We've got the right policy. So they closed up the shutters and the blinds in the house, arranged a week's worth of suit jackets on the hanging rod across the back seat of their truck, and hit the road. I'm Jim McLean, and this is My Fellow Kansans, a podcast from the Kansas News Service. On this episode, we'll talk about how Kansas's shift to the right has made nomads of moderates like Jim Barnett, fiscally conservative and socially liberal folks who for decades held the upper hand in Kansas politics until they didn't. They've been wandering across the political landscape, licking their wounds, regrouping, to perhaps someday try and reclaim the Kansas Republican Party. Someday came sooner than later for Barnett, who jumped into the 2018 primary for governor. In order to succeed and be in the office of governor, I I think the best shot is on the Republican ticket. Others, including former Republican Governor Bill Graves, are jumping the aisle and backing Democrats in 2018. And I think Laura Kelly is the the best person to be at the, the wheel at this time. And a few simply left the party to try and form a brand new one. Yeah, it's it's funny. I've not started a party before, and I'm not sure how the process will work out. The flipping of the Kansas Republican Party from its center-right traditions to hardline conservatism started in the early 1990s, triggered by the Summer of Mercy abortion protests in Wichita. We talked about that in Episode 2 of My Fellow Kansans, but here's the short version. Those protests energized conservatives and fueled their takeover of the Kansas Republican Party, starting with precinct committee people at the grassroots level, and eventually the legislature and the governor's office. Kansas Senate President Susan Wagle, a Republican conservative herself, pointed to the 1994 legislative elections as producing the first really big change. 94 was the sweep. The conservatives won the entire House of Representatives, and we threw out the speaker, and Tim Schallenberger became speaker, and I became speaker pro tem. Tim Schallenberger from Southeast Kansas was the first hard-right conservative elected speaker of the Kansas House, 
Four years later, he ran for state treasurer and won. And after one term there, he ran for governor in 2002 with a tax-cutting message that pretty much every Republican nominee has echoed since. My plan would be lower tax rates, lower corporate tax rates, personal income tax rates, contrary to what the legislature is talking about today, lower property tax rates, contrary to what you hear from a spending legislature, lower those rates, cause economic development to occur, and really work hard on getting those businesses to locate all around Kansas, not just in Wichita and Kansas City. Well, Schallenberger won the GOP primary with that message, but lost the general election to Democrat Kathleen Sebelius. Lost by seven or eight or maybe seven and a half. And, of course, I keep thinking about that. I, I say it's a bad candidate. Tim says it's bad staff, so who knows for the reason. Um, Alan Cobb broke into Kansas politics working for Coke Industries. He now heads the Kansas Chamber, which has close ties to the Koch brothers. But in 2002, he was the guy running Tim Schallenberger's campaign. Now, I think what, what we could have done as a campaign, had Bill Graves and the moderates jumped on board immediately, would that have helped? Absolutely. Bill Graves in 2002 was the outgoing two-term governor, and he was slow to endorse Schallenberger. Mid-late September, and it sent such terrible signals. With only weeks to go until the election, Cobb and Schallenberger, campaign manager and candidate, were summoned to a meeting at a farm outside of El Dorado with a group of moderate Republican state senators who were also threatening to withhold their support. Basically, they were telling Tim and I, you make the case why we should endorse you. It's astonishing that you make the case why we Republican senators should endorse you, the Republican nominee. Again, this is a state treasurer and speaker of the House. This is not some guy who doesn't know what he's doing and that they didn't know. Yeah, but Schallenberger saw himself as the quintessential Republican, a conservative. I don't, I don't run from the label. I've been told I should. I've been told, oh, you don't want to be called conservative. It doesn't bother me. I'm proud to be conservative. I don't mean conservative to mean some ultra-right side of the party. I just think Republicans believe government should be watched, that uh, free enterprise works if you let it. But out there on that farm near El Dorado, the Republican state senators told Schallenberger that he was too conservative for them. But what, what does that say about the dynamics the, uh, that were going on inside the Republican Party at the time and looking back on I was that? surprised. I shouldn't have been that the divisions were deeper than I thought, that yes, there's people who disagree in degrees on the level of government or certain things about school finance, whatever, but obviously those were deep. And I think it was partly that Tim was not part of the club. He wasn't one of those old-fashioned traditional Republicans. While the split was frustrating Alan Cobb as campaign manager, the longer Governor Bill Graves and other Republicans withheld their backing of Schallenberger, the better it was for the Democrat, Kathleen Sebelius. And yes, she's that Kathleen Sebelius, who after serving almost two terms as governor, went on to serve as Health and Human Services Secretary during the rollout of Obamacare. Following the primary, Bill Graves uh, did not endorse the Republican nominee for a month and a half. And each day that went by was a great gift because he gave um, the great indication to everybody that it was all right, uh, you know, to cross party lines. Line. So I certainly had a Republicans for Sebelius effort. The chair of the Kansas Republican Party at the time was a guy named Mark Parkinson. He didn't cross the party line in 2002. He helped Schallenberger, but he took a lot of heat for that from moderates in Johnson County, the Kansas City suburbs. 
Now, so he quits the Republican Party, and I don't know if you remember when he said. I remember him quitting. I don't remember what he said. He said there'll never be a moderate Republican nominee in Kansas anymore. When she ran for re-election in 2006, Mark Parkinson switched parties to be Governor Sebelius' running mate, meanwhile conservatives were on the rise in the legislature. That conservative faction was really in the ascendancy when you were governor. How did, you, how did, how did that affect the way you governed the state? I'd go back just a step. It, it really became um, a pitch battle when Bill Graves was governor. Because as far as a lot of the very conservative Republicans were concerned, he wasn't a Republican. How much time do we have here, Governor? I'm, to tell you the truth, Jim, I've got, I've got lots of time. You know, I'm retired, <laughs> and uh, I'm home just being a news junkie, watching confirmation hearings and fallout over Bob Woodward's latest book. And you're making news. You're making news today, too. Well... That's not something I aspire to do anymore. I know, I know. Um, Nonetheless, Bill like Graves did make news by being the first in a cascade of prominent Kansas Republicans to endorse the Democrat for governor in 2018. Father and my mother. Laura Kelly is the only Democrat I have ever endorsed for public office. Uh, and the reason I'm doing that now is because I believe so much is at stake in the state of Kansas, and it's going to take someone with some very capable leadership skills, someone who is willing to work across the aisle. You still consider yourself a Republican? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I was a you know, two-term Republican Secretary of State. I was a two-term Republican governor. But there are moments when... You know, it's, it's not about party loyalty. It's about literally loyalty to nation and state and what best serves nation and state. This split in the Republican Party, uh, it, it happened a bit before you became governor, but it became really pronounced when you were governor. What was it like attempting to govern when you had this split? Uh, how difficult did that make things for you? It was, uh, it was very difficult. You know, we... Uh, up until the, the Brownback tax package, uh, we had always touted ourselves as having passed the largest tax cut in Kansas history. That ought to be something that would make every conservative Republican stand up and cheer. But there was criticism from the right because the, the package wasn't even bigger. The divisions in the Republican Legislative Caucus continued to deepen while Sebelius was governor. And that had to impact with, on school finance, on a, on a host of other issues, how you were able to get things done or not. Well, it did, although I would say when I was elected in 2002, there still was a, a working coalition. It was slimmer. Um, I mean, I never had a Democratic legislature. I never had a Democratic House or Senate when I was governor in the two terms uh, I served. But there was still a broad enough coalition of people who, at the end of the day, wanted to move forward. And we ended up passing uh, a tax increase to support schools, uh, getting that through with a majority Republican legislature. So moderate Republicans were still teaming up with Democrats, as they always had, but the divide within the GOP was widening. Thomas Frank wrote about the tension in What's the Matter with Kansas?, he attributed it to people elevating social issues above economic interests and voting that way. 
I think what also happened during that period of time was that there were significant money interests. Koch brothers at the lead. The Koch brothers were pretty invisible, but very much active in Kansas politics, particularly at the local level. You know, Thomas Frank's thesis doesn't really address that, but I would say it's like watching water ballet, where you watch the bathing caps on top, but what's happening down below is really beginning to tilt the whole battlefield in terms of how much money was pouring into these races, how opaque that was. Nobody really knew where that was coming from or how it was coming in. The verbal battles, the visible battles were about abortion or about evolution. But what was really happening, I think, to shift had to do much more with business interests, regulation, rolling back the role of government. Jim Barnett, a member of that GOP, pulled right by anti-abortion furor and split apart by moneyed interests, challenged Sebelius in 2006. He picked Susan Wagel, by then his colleague in the Kansas Senate, to be his running mate. The same Susan Wagel who had been so excited when, after the summer of mercy, conservatives took control of the Kansas House and elected Tim Schallenberger as Speaker. In 06, I thought I'd try to unite the Republican Party. Uh, with some more centrist, moderate-type views combining with Senator Wagle. I'm proud to be here as well with Senator Sam Brownback of the great state of Kansas. Jim Barnett running for governor, and he needs your vote. I thought maybe we could bring the Republican Party together. Now, it wasn't possible. It didn't work, obviously. Even a presidential rally on the eve of the election couldn't get him the win. Sibelius and her running mate, former state Republican Party chair Mark Parkinson, swamped the Barnett-Wagel ticket with almost 58% of the vote. Honored guests, and of course fellow Kansans. I'm so honored to again have the opportunity to come before you as governor of this great state. A decade later, Barnett, now a Topeka doctor, was watching from the sidelines. In 2016, voters revolted against Governor Sam Brownback and his legislative allies blaming a budget crisis on their failed tax experiment. Barnett saw an opening. He bought a red pickup truck and with his wife, Rosie Hansen, started exploring the possibility of running for governor again, this time as the lone, unabashed moderate. We've traveled almost two years now. I think we'll be over 84,000 as we uh, head out today, or close to that, on the truck. You knew what, uh, full well what, how Kansas politics had evolved in you saw an opportunity here to go out and be another voice in the campaign trail, out there to give Kansans a choice, a very specific choice, fiscally conservative, socially progressive. Uh, One of the things that we hear when we talk with audiences around us, some will say, well, you're not talking about guns, you're not talking about abortion, you're not talking about illegal immigration. We like to talk about economic growth, what we could do as governor, lieutenant governor, what changes we need in education, why Medicaid should be expanded. Those are the topics we really like to go visit about and, you know, they're they're expecting the other. But we see that as our only pathway to winning and the only way we would want to win. So uh, my approach this time is is to try to squeeze through the Republican primary, uh, hoping that the conservatives just beat the crap out of each other and uh, that polling is wrong and then 
I think if I can win the primary, I, I feel very comfortable winning the general. Well, the polling wasn't wrong. Barnett finished third, but it was a distant third. He captured just under 9% of the vote, far behind the winner, Secretary of State Chris Kobach. The self-described full-throttle conservative edged Governor Jeff Collier, a fully committed but less charismatic conservative, for the nomination in the closest election in Kansas gubernatorial history. Scott Morgan tried it Barnett's way. Armed with a resume that includes work as a staffer for Senators Nancy Landon Kassebaum and Bob Dole, he challenged Kobach in the 2014 primary for Secretary of State, but he felt unwelcome when making the obligatory drop-ins at county GOP meetings. Going to Republican gatherings and listening to this rosary that people had to say before they ran for any office, I am right to life from conception to natural death. I am pro-gun, Second Amendment, constitutional carry. I am against all taxes. We have a spending problem, not a revenue problem. Morgan, who again was running for Secretary of State, couldn't commit to the orthodoxy, and he got only 35% to Kobach's 64% in the primary that year. If you don't cross yourselves on those issues, guns, taxes, abortion, you have no place in the Republican Party, particularly in the low turnout primaries, because nobody votes in the primary except for highly motivated, driven, I would call them fringe voters that come out. We all say, well, we're going to get moderates out. We're going to get other kinds of Republicans out. 20 years of data show that 17% of the adult population vote in primaries. Of that, 12% of them are voting in the Republican primary, which is really what most people pick from in the fall election. And you're talking specifically about Kansas here. I'm talking about Kansas. Everything I talk about is Kansas. Now, I think this is, you can extrapolate it to the country. But between that running against Kobach and then having Donald Trump be nominated and then actually win the presidency and then enduring his strangeness in the White House, I had heard too many people say, both parties have lost me. I'm lost without a political party. Boy, it'd be nice if we had one in the middle, but every smart person knows new parties don't work. And then I just sat down and wrote out this 24-page thesis, business plan, whatever you want to call it, on why I think it would work. Part breakup letter, part manifesto, it was Morgan's blueprint for starting a new party. A party because for people who have jobs and kids and things to do, it's hard these days to figure out which candidate stands for what before you head into the voting booth. You need that brand when you walk in there because on the ballot, you're looking down, you see D, you see R, you don't see mainstream coalition. You don't see any of these other groups that endorse candidates. Yeah, those coalitions then work for more engaged voters. And again, it's not a majority, it's just people who are paying attention and who walk into the voting booth, you know, pretty much educated about who they want to vote for and why. Right. For everybody else, the party brand is like a quick guide for voting. So, Scott Morgan has been bouncing from one living room to another, living rooms stocked with snacks and libations, enlisting people to help gather signatures to get the party of the center on the ballot. And we have six months to collect 18,000 signatures, and we really need more than that because they're going to have duplicates, they're going to have people that aren't valid signatures. I mean, it's, and Chris Kobach is the one who gets to uh, bless it. So we know we need quite a few. Yes. Do you have some one or two suggestions on the best way to gather the signatures, like standing outside of supermarkets or anything? Well, I'll be real honest with you. I think the ones that will make this happen are the really busy people who are receptive to the thing. Are you happy with either of the political parties? No. As we get further along, we're going to have um, 
notarization parties, which is even more exciting than this party. You might want to pencil those in. They haven't yet secured enough voter signatures to officially register the party of the center, but Morgan and his team are still plugging away with sites now set on the 2020 election. Another expat Republican is focused on the here and now. To the dismay of some, independent Greg Orman is smack in the middle of the 2018 race for governor. As we as we travel the state and talk to voters, I'm, I'm really gratified by how they're responding to our message. I think the more voters who hear uh, what our plans are for the Kansas, the more voters we're going to get coming our way, and, and I'm confident we have a path to winning in November. It's a narrow path at best. Greg Orman's quest to break the partisan hold on Kansas politics and his potential role as a spoiler. That's next time on My Fellow Kansans. My Fellow Kansans is a production of the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations in Kansas. The podcast is written and reported by Jim McLean, edited by Amy Jeffries, and mixed by Matthew Long Middleton. The production team includes Beth Golay, Nadia Foe, Scott Cannon, and me, Grace Lotz. Primary Color Music composed our theme. Thanks to KPR for letting us use their studio for this episode. Hat tip to Washburn University's Bob Beatty for his interview with Tim Schallenberger on Insight Politics in 2002. Special thanks to Neil Carruth of NPR and the NPR training team. If you liked this episode, please leave us a review. It only takes a minute and really helps. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at KS News Service. Thank you.